You're listening to a message from Stonegate Church in Midlothian, Texas. For more information about Stonegate and additional audio resources, visit Stonegate-Church.com. This morning, we are going to be taking a break from our set of sermons on Joseph and Jesus uh, through Genesis 37 through 50. And uh, if you've been around here for a while, you know that church planting is a big thing around here. We, we would say this about ourselves that we're a church planting church. And so part of what that means is we're going to consistently have guys in and around our church staff that we are training and equipping for the purpose of sending out. So right now, um, we have two guys on our staff as church planting residents. One is Casey Maddox. He's been with us for about a year, a little over a year now. And uh, the purpose of Casey coming on was to bring him up to be able to send him out and to train him and to, to be able to push him out as a church planter um, from Stonegate. And uh, Devian Valentine, who is right over there, is another one. He's our second guy that we brought on staff for the purpose of training, equipping, and then sending out. And so uh, today, we're taking a break from Joseph and Jesus, and uh, Devian is going to be preaching from 1 Corinthians 1. So let's give Devian a uh, welcome. Amen. Uh, I would like to first say uh, thanks, uh, thanks to God uh, who has been faithful in my life, uh, who's called me uh, not only to salvation, but to serve him in the capacity of which hopefully in a couple of years, I will be uh, uh, doing. I want to thank Rodney and Stonegate as a whole just for your, uh, your kindness uh, towards me and my family. Uh, it is humbling uh, being at Stonegate, uh, learning a lot from Rodney and Travis and Casey and Dan and just you all, uh, just on really what it means uh, to be a loving body. Uh, I thank you all for your love towards us. Uh, it does not go unnoticed. So I thank you all for that. Uh, I will be uh, coming from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, uh, but before, again, I uh, just want to say a quick prayer over myself uh, and ask that God would really just use me as, as his vessel. Uh, in some case, an unworthy vessel, but made worthy because of Christ. And I'm so elated that I have nothing in of myself to boast about. It's all because of him. And so I, I thank him. So let's pray, and then we'll get into our, our word. Father, we thank you again. God, we love you. And our God desire is, God, that you would uh, show up on today, that you would do what you have, God, to do in order, God, to get us to where you God, where, where you would have us. And so, God, we just ask now that your spirit, God, that he would have his way, God, that he would bring uh, clarity and conviction and, God, better yet, change through that process. God, we thank you for the gospel, that, is, that, to, that the psalm is foolish and weak, but to us is strength and it's wisdom. And so, God, we thank you, God, for the gospel of Christ that saves us from Satan and sin, God, from, from the ways of the world, now to, to the ways of the kingdom, to, to having a loving and gracious Savior and Father over our lives. God, we thank you now, God, also for the Spirit that indwells us, that will, God, fill us to do what you want done even on God today. We thank you in advance for your work being done. 
We ask it now, God, in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So, I definitely, uh, like, as a first service, I, I need to preface my introduction uh, by first saying that I, I have a lovely and hot wife. <laughs> I need to go ahead and know right now. She's lovely, she's, she's fine, and she's mine, you know, and so... <laughs> So, so I, I need to let you know up front that I'm married, amen? Uh, uh, married for six years. I love my wife. You know what I mean? Y'all, she, she's, she's all that I need, amen? And so that's important to know before I tell the story. So I'm married. I have a wife, six years, and a daughter by her age. So, y'all, we, we're doing great, amen? Oh, we're we good. Now, let me tell my story, amen? But don't, just don't forget, I have a wife now. That's fine of mine, amen? Okay, so let's, throw, so let's start. Uh, it was in 1987. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was attending Bow Story Middle School. Uh, 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 I was in the eighth grade, uh, was unable to catch a girlfriend, seventh grade on down. And so there was, so, so, so I, I was in the eighth grade at Bow Story, and there was this girl that was known in the school. Her name was April, was April Harrison. April Harrison was wanted by all the studs, all the football players, all the basketball players. Everybody wanted them from April Harrison. So because I wasn't best dressed, best looking, well known, uh, 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 played football for a short time, hurt my finger for a minute. Mama told me to quit football because I hurt my picky finger, so I quit football. So I was also considered a, a wuss and a weakling in, in this. So not only was I not best dressed, the stud, I mean, I was a weakling. I was considered by most to be a weakling and a wuss because of my broken finger and I, that caused me to quit football. Uh, so, 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 again, y'all, I'm, I'm really just this nobody at this middle school. Nobody. And so, I, uh, so, so as the story go, uh, goes, I was, I was walking one day down this hall. And uh, there I saw this hottie named April. April was about to pass me for the, for the umpteenth time and say nothing to me once again. <laughs> but this time, y'all, she, she walks by, and I think, I thought to myself that she gave me this look like, I want you. I mean, maybe my mind was playing tricks on me, but y'all, I thought that April... I mean, it was just like, so, 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 so we're walking by, and, and man, just over this look, I got excited. Went home and told my friend, hey, man, April Harrison gave me this look, man, like, as if she really wanted me, man. I said, man, you're crazy, man. You're a nobody. You, you don't dress well. You're broke. I mean, what does April Harrison want with you? I said, well, I, I don't know, but I know she looked at me. Well, I think she did anyway. So, 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 so. Uh, at the, against the counsel of my friends, on the very next day, after lunch, well, during lunch, you know, we had this, you know, when you eat lunch, then you actually go outside. And so I was rushing to eat lunch, man, I was rushing to eat lunch, man, and so, and so I knew we had the same period, so I went outside, I saw April around her friends. And I, I was bold, I was bold. I said, April, can you just come over, can I just ask you a uh, a question that she asked, she's surrounded by these 
by, by all these other hotties, and then here you got this nobody coming to a hottie asking her to just come to, you know, come to South Man. So I, and she said, yeah. I said, okay. Okay, uh, yeah, so, we, so we're doing good so far. I said, I, I, April, ah, ah, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just guessing. But I thought that you looked at me a certain way on yesterday as if you wanted me. <laughs> Was that true? And she said, yeah. I said, huh? Yeah, you, you, you wanted this nobody, this nothing, this wuss, this wiggly? Are you, are you, this, I wasn't the best, are you sure you wanted me? She said, yeah, I, I, I want you. I said, oh. I said, so, so, so can I have your number? And she, yeah, and she, and she gave me her number, y'all. She, she wrote, I mean, real pretty handwriting. April Harrison, phone number, y'all. Y'all, man, I got that number. I put it, I know how, some numbers I, I know, some numbers you lose. This is here. I, I folded up, put it in my little pocket, made sure this number was going nowhere. So that same day, around about, around about 6 p.m., I gave, I gave April a call then. We, and we talked. That's all I'm going to say. We talked. And from that point on, our relationship changed. She became my girlfriend. And I became her boyfriend. Things changed. Now I had this task of walking her to school, walking her to class, y'all. And y'all, I'm telling you, you got this nobody that has this somebody, and I'm just glad that April Harrison wants to hold my hand. And I'm interested in everybody see what I got beside me. I like to hold, you just holding hands. And y'all, and so, and so, as time progressed, April dumped me. And then y'all got to say, I'm an eighth grade man. This is the first hot girlfriend I've ever had in my life. And I'm asking the question, April, why did you dump me? What, what, what did I do? I mean, I, I mean, I mean what, what did I do? She says, she says, that you stopped being the person that you were when I met you. That because of who you had, you was begging about yourself about how hot you were and all this. So all of a sudden, that time, the, the attention turned to you and not to us. And I, it's just, I just can't go on like that. So April Harrison, she dumped me. Imagine that. That's kind of our story when it comes to God. Well, that was the story at the church of Corinth, that the circumstance of the Corinth church was like me in life. They were nobodies, and we'll see the text in a minute. They, they were low and despised. Nobody wanted them, but all of a sudden, God came by and chose them for salvation. And if you read the book of Corinth, they get beside themselves in the story. They start bragging about what God has given them rather than bragging about what God, who God is that gave it to them. But they started bragging about their gifts and their talents and, and, and they forgot the condition they were in when God had chosen them. And so now Paul has to write this letter to instruct them that, hey, with all of these issues that, that's going on, have y'all forgotten your 
calling? Have y'all forgotten why God invited y'all to himself? Have y'all forgotten the task and the relationship that God had called y'all through, not because of you, but because of me? Have y'all forgotten the state y'all were in when I called you? When I chose you, when nobody else wanted you, but I did, do you have y'all forgotten? And now all of a sudden, y'all gotten besides yourselves because of the gifts that I've given you. And now you are talented and gifted, and now lives are being changed. But all of a sudden, now you have forgotten your invitation. So now you have all these issues. If you read from chapter one, from them having division, y'all, I mean, I mean, they have issues. Paul begins to address, but 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 here's what Paul does that really. Be, before Paul gets to, the, get to the issues, he's going to remind them of their invitation. And I think that's good advice for all of us. That when you find a person that got some issues and they're saved, don't focus on the issue first. Remind them of their invitation. Remind them of their circumstance and, and even the task at first that God had called them to. So if you get into the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 through 25, Paul does a wonderful job in explaining how the gospel is foolish to those who are wise, how it is, how it is weak to those who are strong. But, yet, but, but, but Paul says that, that the weakness of God is stronger than man and that the folly of God is wiser than man. All talking about the gospel. How, how with the gospel, the Jews can't see how that's supposed to be so powerful. And then since you got these Greeks looking for signs and wisdom, this seems to be foolish to them that, that God will come in the flesh, die on a cross for the, for the salvation of nobodies. That's foolishness to them. And Paul, he addresses that in this book, that, 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 that in this foolishness, that y'all consider fools. I'm going to go and find some folks who are fools. But in, the, 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 in what y'all deem weak of God, I'm going to find some weak individuals that who, will, who, will be, who will believe this foolish and what you call weak message. So Paul says, now, for those who are, who are perishing, it's, it's, it's foolish, it's folly. But to those who have been saved, it's the power of God. Christ Jesus. And here we are, foolish by nature. And we believe in a foolish message as God sending his own begotten son on, on earth to suffer as such, to die for us wretched, miserable men and women. And then to call us to himself through the death and burial of Christ. Foolishness. First Corinthians chapter 26, Paul wants to remind them of the circumstances of the call. So Paul wants them to think about this word consider. It means to think hard. It's really an imperative. It means that it's a command. Paul, he's commanding them to think about what God, think about what God, what God calls you. So let's look at First Corinthians chapter uh, 1 verse 26. Got some, uh, got some, so, so. Let's look at the first part of chapter 26. Paul says this, For consider your calling, brothers. 
for consider. Think about Paul, again, he's commanding them to think about why God had called them brothers. So, so, so when Paul uses this word brothers, he's, he's being kind. He's not coming harsh. He's just kindly reminding them, have you forgotten the task that God has called you to? Now that you say it and that you, and now that you are his son and daughter, have you forgotten these tasks? Have you forgotten what God has called you from and what God has called you to? So Paul, beginning at verse 2, he reminds them of their calling and things that they should consider. That, that first of all, Paul wants to remind them in, in verse 2 that their calling, so, but, but let's just, let me do, a, let's, let's quickly define calling, okay? So uh, for you who want to take notes, here it is. Calling is defined as this. It is an urgent, an urgent invitation that implies a new relationship that accepts responsibilities for a task or task. And, and Paul, for the most part, always used this word calling in regard to salvation. So, so it's this urgent plea, it's this urgent, this urgent inviting that God, he wants to change the relationship. Y'all, because prior to knowing Christ, we were his, his enemies. But now that we know Christ, we are his friends, we are his children. So we've moved from being God's creation to God's children. So the relationship has changed. But with the change of relationship, also, you will see here, came tasks that God would ask of us through Christ and by his spirit. So look at this. So, 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 so we have the fire call. But then let's look at the type of calling that we just see in chapter 1 of this book. First of all, our calling is spiritual. Look at verse 2. Look at verse 2. Verse 2. It says, to the church of God that is in that is that's in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who are in any place, uh, called upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. So you see that, that, that there was this call to be saints. Some verses read as called to be holy. Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 89, mainly verse 9, that God, he saved us and called us with a holy calling. That our call is to be holy. Now, now let's see how, how first, uh, how Peter def uh, 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 worth this. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1, 14 through, through 36. It says, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. I don't know about you, but before I came to Christ, I wasn't ignorant. I was ignorant. I was ignorant. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, you couldn't, I wouldn't even, uh, Pronounce the word ignorant. I was ignorant. I mean, I, I was, and you'll see, I was a, I was a plum fool. Uh, does it make sense? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was a plum fool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a, I was a fool by that. Yeah, I was ridiculous. And God, He said, now, now, now that, I, now that, I, now that, now that I thank you, I don't want you to act or, or to, or, or to be passionate about how you acted when you were unsaved. Then He says this. Uh, 
But as he, God, who called you, is holy. Now, understand, the one that called you, the one that invited you, he's holy. You also, he says, be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. That when God saves you, he didn't save you for you to live like you wanted to live. When God saved you, the, what the implication was that you would be like God, that you would be holy just as God. And so we'll see that our holiness is only found in Christ. That, 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 that when God saved us, put us in Christ, now because of Christ and, 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 and how we now affiliate with Christ, from that our lifestyle should change. Like when, I, when, when I was single and married, when I was single, I was, uh, I was single. But now that I'm married, I'm, my, everything has changed. I, I can only live for me. Now I live for us. So, so there was this change. And so, so there was a, a change in my behavior, a, a change. Y'all, I was so crazy. Y'all, y'all, I was saved at this time. I was saved. I was saved. I was saved. I actually knew Christ. I used to dress up for Walmart and hope I found me a wife. I have on my little, my little, I, I never went to Walmart tech, amen. Just in case I met that one, I wanted to be fresh and nice. Uh, when I went to the restaurant, y'all, I was fresh and nice. Just in case I found this one. See, see, but when I got married, that stuff changed. <laughs> amen. Uh, Sometimes I go to Walmart and shorts and t-shirts. I don't care why. I'm married already. I've already impressed her enough. And she knows what I can do when I dress up. So my condition being married, my conduct being married, changed. So now that you are married to Christ, your conduct should change. Because he's holy. What God wants to produce in you also is holiness. Because you've hooked up with the Holy One, he desires to make you holy. That's the spiritual call. But now there is this relational call. <laughs> in verse 9 of chapter 1, in verse, y'all, this here's going to bless you here. In verse 9, this is going to uh, defuse anybody who thought that what they did was of their own ambition. It says here in verse 9, chapter 1, it says, God is faithful. Hmm. By whom you were called into fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Look at me. What this verse is saying is this, that it was God who called and put in you a desire to be close with Jesus. God is faithful. He's the one ensuring that you and Christ stay tight. But even when you want to pray, that's not your want. That's I want God putting you to pray. See, even if you want to read the Bible, that's not true. That's God putting you a desire to read and to do it. All that belongs to God. Now that is, is because of you. You and yourself, prior to salvation, never desire to pray. 
only we got in trouble. But every time we decide to pray and we have Bibles, even now today, that's not true. That's God being faithful <laughs> to put in you a desire even to pray. And here's my question. What do you do? What do you do normally with that desire? So watch this. So this is actually fleshed out more in John 15, verses 1, 4 through 5. Uh, so read with me. Uh, or, or just follow me on the screen. Here it is. It says, I am the true vine, that is, Christ is the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. He's the one ensuring that the vine stay clean, where it can produce to a branch that is uh, 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 connected to the true vine. Verse 1, verse 4 says this, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you, talk about us, uh, unless you abide in me. So here's the idea. That you are unable to produce any kind of fruit for, for God and his kingdom without the vine dresser and being with the vine, the, the, the uh, true vine. It says, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Here is the kicker. For apart from me, you can do some things. Is that what it says? You can do a little bit of things. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Not, there's nothing you can do for God and his kingdom apart from him. From having a relationship with Christ, there's nothing you can do. If you don't abide in him and he abide in you, there's nothing you can do for God. Nothing. Try to forgive somebody who hurt you seven times 70. You can't do that. Only God can. Try to be patient with somebody who constantly talks about you. Try to do good to those who do evil to you and see where you, that gets you. You try to see what happens. We cannot do that kind of stuff. Only being in God, with God, can we do things for God. Apart, let, this busts my bubble. So my bubble won't be the only one bust today, amen? You too can do nothing apart from knowing God. Nothing. Nothing. You can't love your wife. You can't respect your parents. You can't respect your mom. You can't live and get, there's nothing you can do apart from him. And we all have tried and failed miserably. But you can't. There's no way and of myself I can love my wife as Christ loved this church. I've tried that. It don't work. Why? Because I'm selfish. So there is this, there is this spiritual call to live holy 
because he's holy, there is this call that's calling you into a relationship which you yourself cannot muster. It's God through his spirit giving you a desire to pray, to reach about, even to come to church. That's not true. That's him. <laughs> There's nothing about him we can do without him. Amen? Amen. And then, and then, so all this here it sets us up for this last calling, this last calling, which is this unifying or this call to unity. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22. Here it is, y'all. Here it is, here it is, here it is. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block, both Jews and Gentiles. Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, for the foolishness of God is wiser than man and the weakness of God is stronger than man. Look at verse 24. Because of the gospel, the task that God has given all of us through us accepting this invitation for salvation is this. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, both Jews and Greeks. Now, if you know any Bible history, we all know that the Jews couldn't stand Gentiles. Anybody that was not a Jew was considered naturally as a heathen. It's a heathen. If you weren't a Jew, God, special people at that time, you were a heathen. And Jews couldn't stand them. But because of their belief in the gospel, God has said, now, here's your task in accepting my plan for salvation. I'll put it on all of y'all now to come together as one. I'm bringing together both Jew and Gentile today, both black and white, white and Hispanic, Hispanic and Asians. If you read John chapter 17, if this happens, if we all come on one accord, the Bible says two things about this kind of thing. That, 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 that people would know that God sent his son and that God loves all people. But when people come into a church where there's Asian and Hispanics and there's, there's whites and there's blacks, there's yellows and greens, God is saying, by that alone, people would know the only reason why they're able to meet and raise their hands and pray and praise is because of Jesus. He's the centerpiece of their worship. And, 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 and so people know that, hey, 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 there must be a Jesus. And God must love all people. Because they come into a church where it's not about white and black. Where blacks don't feel impoverished and whites don't feel privileged. They're all that we are. It's not based on our education, our upbringing. It's all because of Jesus. It's a task placed on all of us to bring unity to the body. Did you know that? That when you said, God, save me, there was tasks given out, and one was unifying the body as one. And that only can happen by God's spirit and him putting in you a willingness to make his body that is divided make it one.
That's what we have called. Those are some of the tasks and been saved that God has called us to. None of us got that out of the way. Let's look at the circumstances of our calling. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. We're going to read that again, then we're going to go to verse, uh, we're going to read down to verse 28. It says this. For consider, think about, I'm, I'm commanding you to, to, to think about your calling, your, why you accepted my invitation uh, for salvation, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful, not many were of noble birth, but God. <laughs> for those are two words I love, amen. Everything else is negative, but then when God comes in, he changes everything, but God. Uh, yeah, but, but God, not you, not me, but, but God would go throughout the earth and look at the people God would call to himself. Now, we're not saying that God don't call, doesn't call anybody that's rich or famous. No, God does. But for the most part, here's, here's the crowd that God calls. And I fit in just fine, amen. <laughs> I fit in just fine. But like, God, that, that, you are talking to me now, amen. Everyone even got that. It was me. Y'all, look how God wants to, wants to describe me. It says, but God, here it is, chose Valentine. What is foolish in the world to shame the wise. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But God, here it is, chose what is weak in the world to, to, to shame the strong. Look what God is doing. He's, he's, he's choosing foolish. This word means morons. That was me, y'all. He's, he's choosing morons. <laughs> for God to go first, this almighty, supreme, small, wild God to choose me, I question God, are you shit? You chose me? You wink at me, God? Are you serious? I'm a nobody. I'm a nothing. But son, I want to use you. But the list gets better. Hey, man, here it is, here it is. Verse 8, verse 28. God chose what is low and despised. The word low means those who did not live up to expectations. That's me. That's all. That's me. I, I, was, I was supposed to be a doctor. I should have been a studying doctor. Hey, man. Imagine how many lives would have died. Okay, but if I started, man, man imagine that. I, my, my, me being a, a doctor? Yeah, I went to the high school of health professions. <laughs> wanting to be a doctor. Realized that wasn't me. So I, I, I left and in the telegram, amen. That was not my calling. I left real early. That I was not calling to be a physical heart surgeon. But I'm called in some ways by his spirit and grace to be a spiritual heart surgeon. And I still stutter. Amen. So y'all, let's go on. Amen. God chose what is low and despised. This word despised means the worthless things, the, the things that people deem unvaluable or invaluable. These are people like me. Not like you, like me. All y'all was good. Amen. Y'all, y'all was born of 
powerful, noble birth, was wise, had it going on. That wasn't my case, amen. Now, I was born in Oak Cliff, Texas. Amen, that's enough, amen. <laughs> Think about that, amen. Here it is. God chose what is lower despised in the world, even things that are... He called me a thing, y'all. I I, 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 I mean, a thing, he says, that are not to bring to nothing those that are. Look at the circumstance of most of our callings. How dare we boast in the presence of God? Paul is wanting them and us to remember the circumstance of your call. Re, re, just remember how when your mama said you wouldn't be anything, how your, how your mama left you, how your daddy, people and kinfolk and school teachers, remember, they all said you would be nothing. And then I came along, said, you know what? What y'all call nothing, I'm going to make something to turn things that are to nothing. Huh? By his gospel, of course. Have you considered the circumstance of your calling? Have you thought about the state you were in when he called you? Have you thought about it? Have, have you just thought long about where you were when God decided to call you? I did. This story stays within Stone Gate. <laughs> if you tell it, I'm suing you, amen? In case you didn't know, I haven't always been saved. Amen. Not me. I know. No. No, can't say I was. Amen. I, I was a handful. Amen. And so I was in the military, y'all. I was, I was in the military. I was in the military. At the end of my teen in, in the military, I got around this wrong crowd. Got around this, 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 this wrong crowd, and I started doing things that were illegal. Had a good job set up too as a petroleum specialist for a company in Nashville, making $26 an hour out of the military. And I chose drugs over that. Because drugs, with drugs, I made so much more. I made a lot of money selling drugs. Valentine's name still rings loud in Nashville, Tennessee. I remember being on the fourth floor in the Federal Holding Facility in Nashville. Lying on my bunk, I, and I, I was hearing this voice, hearing this voice like, man, what's up? I'm not, is my mind playing tricks on me? I'm telling you, you know, I'm like, I'm looking around like, man, there's nobody in here. I mean, and anybody I find that that's telling me, he got to answer to me because we're going to have it going on because uh, you don't play tricks on Valentine's. So, y'all, y'all, I'm sitting there lining my, lining my bunk, man, like, man, what is, what is, what is, what is going on, Devin? Yeah, again and again, not knowing the story of Samuel. <laughs> I was kind of like Samuel, running to somebody that wasn't calling me. The whole time it was God calling me. He's called me first to salvation, and in that, he gave me some things to do. He, he gave me this list. Watch this. Well, I was in prison, not jail, serving my second stint, not first one. 
God says, hey, you low and despised. I want you. I know, I know, I know. No, no. Your mama has told you she's done with you. But I'm just, just starting with you. It was while I was in prison, God saved me and changed me and used me for his glory. Surely nobody would hear or listen. God, are you, are you calling God? Look at me. Nobody, 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 nobody would follow a felon. God, nobody would. And, I was, and that was reaffirming me when I got out. Who's going to follow you, God? You're a felon, man. You're a two-time felon. Who's going to follow you? I said this. They may not follow me. My prayer is that they follow Christ. He saved me in prison. He told me to start a Bible study. Didn't know jack about the Bible, but start a Bible study. I'm like, God, well, I, don't know, no, no, I don't know the Bible. Start a Bible study. I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to start a Bible study. We started in the, in, the, in the book of John, and I would call folks when I would teach Bible study. They said, oh, that ain't true. I said, huh? I said, well, well thank you. So I learned something new. So yeah, here I am leading Bible studies, not knowing everything about the Bible. But at the end of my tenure in Nashville, God would use me to teach Bible study for the entire floor, first time ever at the prison. God using me to free spiritually those who are locked up physically. See, and, and that's some here, you are locked, you're free, but you're locked up. And the gospel comes to where you are and it frees you spiritually emotionally, from your past. Listen to me, listen to me. I'm not judged by my past. I'm judged by Jesus. I'm learning that now. Now, it's take a while, but I'm finally getting, I'm, I'm finally, to Travis, to Travis, I'm finally preaching the gospel to myself every day. And I'm reminding me who I am in Christ. And so, and so, 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 I have, so I have no room, y'all, in, in that sense to boast. Okay, okay, I mean, really, really, I, really, I don't have any. And, and, so, and so, with that story, y'all, so, why did God call me? Why did God call you when you were in the mess you were in? Why did God call you given the circumstance you were in? Why did God call you? We understand the task. But ultimately, in God saving you and freeing you, why did God call you? I want to show you a verse. We see here that God, he saved us from our circumstance so that we would brag, intensify, and glory only in him. Now, that's going to make sense in a minute. Amen. So, just, just for a point, the reason why God saved you was for you to make him big and not you big. God did not save you for you to brag about how much you make or where you live or the car you drive or the house you live in. God didn't save you. Those are God's gifts. And God that does not call you, calls you to boast because of his gifts. The, the reason why you should boast is because of what God called you out of when he, when, he, when he saved you. 
See, I, I think we tend to forget where we were when God saved us. Even I, at times, I forget why God called me, why God saved me. It wasn't for me to brag about this or that, but it was for me to make God big in my life, in my conversation, in my thinking, in my serving, in my giving, in my living. I'm called to make God big. Have you? Have you made God big? Now that he saved you, do you always talk about God? Is God the first thing out of your mouth? Is God looking big in your life? Or is what you drive? Your, your degrees, your job. Is that bigger than God in your life? What do, what do you mostly talk about? Have we forgotten our circumstance about calling? If you wasn't Wild, if it wasn't foolish, if you wasn't uh, weak, if you wasn't low despised or nothing, you were a sinner. Have we forgot? And you still sin. Maybe, maybe, I'm sorry, nobody as strong as sin. It's just it's me. But if you still sin, it's simply a reminder of what God has called you for and for you to boast about Him. That God would choose to send His Son for an old wretch and, 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 and miserable person like you and me. For salvation. So, 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 so then Paul wants to give us the reason why we both. Now, First Corinthians in the NIV version, I believe it, it says just a little, a little bit more clear, okay? So let's read First Corinthians, and it should be, it should be down on the screen. First uh, 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 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. And, and, let's read that, and let's see how it really makes clear on why we should both. Here, it says, It is because of Him, God, that you are in Christ. Stop. Point. Period. Right there. For now. It's because of God you're in Christ. Now, no, no. I admire my man, my, my pastor's teaching. Rodney, you guys used to in the ability of teaching. But guess what? Rodney's teaching didn't save me. Kevin's singing did not place me in Christ. Mama's prayers did not do it either. It was God who was faithful, and it was, it was God's choice, God's sovereign election and selection to choose you and place you in Christ. Wasn't it your degrees? It was nothing you had done that, that called, oh, you did so good. So, no, no, no. It was all because of what God foreordained, the Bible says. But even before the world was formed. Ephesians 3, 1, 1, 3 says that God chose you. And if you are in Christ, it has nothing to do with your works. It's all based on God's work and God's doing. So the fact that you are in Christ by God and God only should cause to bring some reason for you to brag, for you to intensify, for you to glory only in him. But ho, 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 ho. But Paul, Paul was, yeah, I love it. It's, it's just, you know, it is because of him, God, that you are in Christ Jesus, whom, who was, who has became for us wisdom from God. So if you want to know how small God is, he says, look to Jesus. <laughs> if you want to know how small God is, look to Christ 
on the cross. If you want to know how smart God is, look to Christ, who st- whom the Bible says, who lives to make what for us? Intercession. But Christ, he lives for us now, even to pray for us. It's, it's, if you want to see how smart God is, he says, look to Christ, who is wisdom from God. But then he says this, who has become for us the wisdom of God, that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. The reason why you can be declared righteous and even do right things is because of you. God was so small not to put that on you, but to put it on Christ and let it remain on Christ. So when God, so, so, so when you are doing wrong, thank God that God always looks to Christ and still declare, you are righteous, my son and daughter. Despite what we do, because God was smart enough not to put that on me or you, and even on Christ, he was smart. So Christ, so God is smart by saying that even when y'all do things that are stupid, some of us, that's me, that I still look to Christ who declares you righteous. But only, even in, in, in things of holiness and are you being sanctified. We understand that, that we are always being sanctified. It's always been present. But we also have been sanctified. So even how I act today, Christ says, because of what I've done for you, no matter what you do, if you're saved, you are already sanctified. Why? Because of Christ. God was so smart that when he has called us to live lives that are holy and are sanctified, it's always put on Christ and never on us. It's because of Jesus. You are righteous and you are holy. Him. Not you. But also in regard to redemption, God freeing you, God giving you liberty from the, from the uh, propensity or the ability to sin. God has said, listen to me, I know that on earth for now, you're still struggling with sin, but you are free to choose righteous rather than true sin. And then ultimately, he has redeemed you that, that when I come back from you, that you will forever be freed from the power of sin. And that's because of Jesus. So my ability to be declared right, to do right, my ability to be declared holy, though I sin, my ability to be redeemed, though I, though I still choose sin over freedom from sin, God has said has been made good with Jesus. Now, if that doesn't say to something's wrong, he said, I'm so smart that never put what I call Christ to be on you. If you trust in my son, it's done already. But there's still a task and a responsibility of us allowing the Spirit of God to allow these things to be produced in our lives now. But even when they're done now, look, we receive the Spirit of God to do them. So there's no room for us bragging. So even when you decide to live holy, guess who's doing that? Jesus, through the Spirit. When you decide to, to live free of sin, guess who's doing that? Jesus. By his spirit. When you decide 
to do right, to live a life that is righteous, guess what? When you don't do that most times, guess what? Jesus has paid the cost already. He's saying that, so what room can you boast even about living spiritual lives? What can you beg about loving your enemies? What can you beg about forgiveness? What can you beg about being patient? What, what can you beg about doing good to those who do evil to you? Where is room for you to brag? He snatched any means of us boasting and what we can do and only what he has done. So, so y'all, look at this. So we see that Christ is our means for righteousness, for holiness, and for redemption. And God, being wise, made Christ these things for us and not just ultimately put them on us. But, 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 I, but I want you to see how Jeremiah says, now, now, he's given us reasons here to boast because Christ is the wisdom of God who is for us, he says. He is our righteousness, he's our holiness, and he is our, ultimately, he's our, redeem, he's our redeemer, the one who redeemed us now and forever. So my question is, Paul would say, in verse 31, what do you have room to boast? Who can boast now? Who can boast? Who can boast about anything you do that's godly? He's taking it away from us. You cannot boast about anything that you do that's, that's, that's towards the kingdom and that's for God. But look what Jeremiah says. In Jeremiah, I'm going to read the ESV, then I'm going to read Eugene, Eugene Peterson's version of this, okay? And it's both, both of them are on the screen. In Jeremiah 9, 23, look what it says. It says, thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Now, Eugene says this way, God's message. Don't let the wise brag on their wisdom. Don't let the heroes brag on their exploits. Don't let the rich brag on their riches. If, you brag, if you're going to brag, brag on this, he says, and only this, that you understand and know me. I'm God, and I act in loyal love. I do what's right and fair. Delight in those who do the same things. These are my trademarks. God decrees. He says, if you're rich, if you're wise, and if you're some kind of hero, don't boast in that. Says, if you would, please, that you say boast in the fact that you know and that you understand me. The one who practiced steadfast love, justice and fairness, and delight in those who do the same, he said. I gotta ask you a question. When was the last time that you boasted on the fact that you knew and understood God? Is that something that we boast about? 
that I know God. No, we tend to boast about what God has done rather than who God is and what God has caused me to come into, knowing and understanding his plan as far as he wants me to know it. When was the last time you made much of God? I have a daughter. Her name is Neriah. She's two years old. When she poop, she calls us. When she's hungry, she calls us. When she wants milk, she calls mommy. When she wants food, she calls us. And Neriah is also unable to pay her bills or pay the phone bill, pay the house bill, the rent, pay the bills in the house. She's unable to do these things. So it would be odd, even strange for Neriah to go to school, which we drove her to with our gas and our cars, and be like, look, look what I do. When she's done nothing at all but cried and complained. <laughs> Here is my question to you. You, who live in God's house, sleeps on God's bed, mows God's lawn, watch God's TV, eat God's food, drive in God's car, put in God's gas, goes to God's job, get God's check, get back in God's car, come back in God's house, watch God's TV and see on God. Who, what do we have to brag about? It's all God's. It's, it's all his. And, 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 and in a twinkling of a moment, he can show you, that's not yours. It's mine. But yet we're bragging about what's his. And we think it's ours. But when God becomes big, how I live and how I give, it changes everything. Because God is bigger than a car. He's bigger than a neighborhood. He's bigger than what I wear. He's bigger than what I drive. He's big. So let me boast in somebody who's bigger than the stuff. Degrees. So what? They won't follow you if you don't know Jesus. For you can be a degree fool. And I know some. Degreed to, to the T, but don't know Jesus. Going to hell. Where all that book says, you're going to hell. I know rich folk who don't know Jesus. With all their money, when they die, guess what? They're going to hell too. Because they never trusted in Jesus. But you, and in your circumstance, and in your foolishness, and your weakness, and you've been low and despised, you've been a nothing, God says, I, I want you. I, 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 I want you. I'm, I'm going to save you and change you so you can make me big and not make you big. I want you always to remember, think about what I called you for. When's the last time you've done this? I'm done. I have a quote for you by Michael Youssef, known theologian and pastor uh, out of Georgia. He says this. He says, in a million lifetimes, we cannot do nothing for our salvation. It is God's gift, totally undeserved. This is why no one can brag or boast about the role in their salvation. All boasters should be in the Lord 
alone. Not only does Jesus pay the penalty for our sin and free us from our eternal death, he opened the door for us to be adopted as sons and daughters of God. Through God's gift of faith, that is God even gave us the faith to even believe in him. We receive salvation. When we do, here it is, we also receive his name, his power, his resources, his wealth. He dresses us in his royal robes of righteousness. He does it all in all praise, honor, and glory are his. All of it. All of it. I happened to look up the word all. I wanted to make sure. So I went to the Greek. And I looked up the word all. It meant all. <laughs> I thought that Webster would change it. So I, I looked up West all in Webster. Webster, it meant, it meant all. I, I had to went to the Hebrew. Just, just want to make sure that, 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 that the Greek is our fine English. Let me go to Hebrew. I looked up the word all. All of it all. All of it is here. All of it. Your wife, your kids, spouse, they're here too. We just call it to be good stewards. Hopefully you are. But all of it is here. And you will have to give an account one day to how you handled and how you may be his name. Let's pray. Father God, now God, we thank you. And Father God, we love you so much, God, for all you have done for us. Believe us in this good place that we, can, that we cannot brag about you. That, that, I mean, that we cannot brag about ourselves, God, but all our bragging should be placed in you because of you. And God, for that, we just want to say thank you. But now, God, will you please bring a spirit of repentance? To us, all of us in some cases, God, that, that, that have made things, that have made things and people bigger, God, than you, God, that, God, we, that, that when we leave, people know more about uh, politics, they know more about math and science, they know more about my job and my uh, career than they know about you. Can you please use us to make you big? that we may brag about you, intensify your name, God, glory in you. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonegate Church, located in Midlothian, Texas. For service times, additional audio and study resources, as well as information about our church, please visit us at stonegate-church.com.